0: Hello and welcome to the Empire of the Cop podcast, an impromptu uh, podcast. We've got the Athletics' uh, Jacob Tanswell here with us today. How are you doing, Jacob?
1: I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, it was a short, uh, planned uh, podcast, but yeah, good to be here and good to hop on.
0: We got there in the end and we're here to discuss uh, (laughs) one of Southampton's very high-profile young players. Uh, Of course, I'm speaking about uh, Romeo Lavi, who's been extensively linked with Liverpool. Arsenal, Manchester City, any of the big names really in England uh, that we that we're aware of. Um, I, I guess I'm just going to kick things straight off on sort of the transfer front before I get into more of the nitty gritty details around these sort of strengths and character and that kind of thing. And what, what's the latest you've been sort of hearing around this sort of particular uh, story? Because I know Alstein. Um, your colleague at the Athletic was reporting on this and was sort of saying, oh, you know, it, it's from a Liverpool's perspective, it's a target they have in mind, even though the likes of Kefren Taram, Dominic uh, Zoslavay uh, is figuring sort of far more ahead, maybe in the pecking order. Yeah. But it's one there that keeps sort of cropping up. Yeah. Where, where does he look sort of most likely to go, if he will even go?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think the, the other titles you mentioned are a different profile of midfielder. Lavia is a deep lying number six, uh, he would essentially just uh, replace or play, oh, play back up to Fabinho. Um, in terms of uh, the the interest, it's been there throughout the season, really, ever since it's the first game of the season, it's first ever game in Premier League, it's Tottenham, where although Sam's lost 4-1, he was incredible. He, he would receive the ball, edge, edge of his own box, three players around him, and did a no-touch turn. And I think everyone from there thought, wow, as a player here, uh, City didn't want to lose him. He, he rose through the ranks at hand elect. He's one of those really highly rate talents. The only thing is for City is that they had Rodri in the way and and Lavia wanted to play. So he came to Slamton, obviously, a big buyback clause. And ever since then, so many of the top six clubs, all of them actually have been monitoring him uh, and they've showed at various stages different levels of interest. So if you go through them, you think Arsenal are obviously interested. They've inquired about him and they're, they're looking at the numbers. Obviously, they've got Declan Rice. So I don't know how that will now stand up in terms of buying another midfielder, and then you know, we said, I don't know, I think in April about that, La- about Liverpool and Lavia, and that was. That was a place of me speculating in terms of him being a good fit, but also a bit of background, as in the research they've done on him as well, uh, in terms of looking throughout the season at, at, his, at his career and how he's how he's developed throughout it. So, yeah, Liverpool, I think, and Arsenal are, are, are the front-runners, but Chelsea, you know, they, they've openly got interest in him as well. And with Chelsea, things move quick. They can't get Caicedo, then they perhaps might go back to Lavia and use the connections of Joe Shields, who's a very good friend of Romeo Lavia's agent.
0: I mean, if you're a betting man, Jacob, I mean, it's very, very early in the window. Absolutely anything can mm-hmm. happen. And, you know, I think a lot has been said of, you know, when the first dominoes sort of start falling, you know, Liverpool, Chelsea, uh, things could rapidly change. Yeah, You could see a situation conceivably where Romeo and Ardell stays for another season. Um, and what, what would be your, where would you place your bet? Slamson
1: want a high f- figure for him because uh, obviously City have got the buyback clause and the sell-on percentage. So you someone has got to pay around forty-five to fifty million pound for Lavia. Who can do that is dependent on all the other targets they get. So as I said, Arsenal are they going to fork it out? Tottenham obviously Pierre-Emile might leave. He, he, he could come into the equation, but they've spent some money on Madison now. I probably say you're looking at either Arsenal or or, or Chelsea um, at. Or Liverpool, sorry, take away Arsenal, Liverpool or Chelsea. For me, I probably think Liverpool with Jurgen Klopp and with the the background they've done on him, I think that probably looks like the likely destination.
0: Okay, okay. Um, Well, moving on to uh, some of the more uh, exciting sort of bits. This is the kind of thing you imagine Liverpool's recruitment team would sort of be looking into. I mean, the impression I get from speaking to others is very much that you know he's been one of, if not the standout performer for Southampton uh, in, in the Premier League season just gone by. Um, how would you evaluate his first season play, playing Premier League football and what sort of attributes you know, stood out for you when you were watching it?
1: Yeah, so I got told last pre-season that essentially Slamton did a transfer or did a pre-season training session after the transfer and they said, Romeo Abbott is the only player in this squad that can receive from the goalkeeper, can can receive on the half-turn, can play through the lines. Without him, we've got to go ostensibly more direct. Uh, and that proved to be the case when he was injured. So we knew then he was a transformative player. And since then, he's, he's become Slams' most consistent player, Slams' player of the season last year. And what was so impressive about him was the fact that even if Slams don't keep the ball very well, even if you know, typically they're not playing to his strengths. He still managed to thrive in a team that was completely dysfunctional. So imagine if he's in a team that plays with strength, that plays in a way akin to City. I think he'll he'll only go from strength to strength and that's why everyone is so excited about him.
0: It's very sort of early on, in his career, so you kind of look at these players and think, you know, they will inevitably have more weaknesses, more kinks to their game to, to iron out. But, you know, you'd, mm. you'd be surprised even at that age if there was absolutely nothing to work on. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel uh, silly almost asking, but I have to ask. Um, what, what would you state as being sort of the major weak points in this game that a coach, whether that is a, a Pochettino, whether that is a Klopp, whether a, that is an Arteta, would need to seriously focus their attention mm. on? When Ruben
1: when Ruben Sellers came in in, in March and February, there was two things he said. He said he wanted Lava to dominate more and he wanted to be better out of possession. And he said that open, openly and publicly. And at the time, it took supporters back, thinking, why are you picking on this 19-year-old kid who's been Slam's best player? There's others you could target. Uh, but the fact is that Sellers saw something in him. He thought he was a little bit soft out of possessions at times. He wasn't dominating, grabbing the game by a scruff of the neck that he could do in terms of really throwing his weight around. And then after that, the stats don't lie. He he made the most tackles of any teenager in the Premier League and he made the most interception ball recoveries over the next three months of any midfielder. So Celas, although he did have a lot of success on the team, he completely transformed uh, Labia's out-of-possession game as well. So that ironed out some weaknesses and smoothed over the weaknesses. As ever with a 19-year-old in in their debut season, there were probably a few vulnerabilities in terms of physically. He would struggle at times to compete. Uh, complete the uh, games. He would go down frequently with hamstring, knee injuries uh, and sometimes would have to be substituted. I think he had that big hamstring injury uh, in August against Chelsea uh, when he scored but then got taken off and those hamstring issues were, were reoccurring for a few months and that really caused harshness especially issues. Um, so I think his fragility is uh, something that needs to be worked on and I think if you are going to go to that top four club, um, you've obviously got to improve that but at the same time there's going to be other players that can, t- can take your position and you don't always have to play every game. So yeah, I'd probably say that was his big one weakness.
0: It's difficult, isn't it, with young players because you know it, it can just be the amount of load that you're putting on them. We had a yeah. young player come through halfway through our season after the World Cup, Stefan Bichettich, um, who, who was thrust into the limelight, did excellently and then sadly picked up a stress load injury. And it's not, not so much due to durability, but sort of looking at, well, we probably probably shoot them playing a 19-year-old that, that often, that frequently. Um, do, you, do you think it's sort of similar to that kind of situation or, or do you feel that perhaps more... Um, what I would call the Curtis Jones situation in which Liverpool have had to actively manage his workload in training, his game time and that kind of thing. Uh, would it be just a developmental issue? They just need to keep on or, or something a bit more potentially severe?
1: No, I think there's something to keep an eye on. You've got to remember that Salamson, uh, they had to pay Lavia really because he was their best player. So he had to play nearly every game. And I think there was at times where he probably was, could have done without a game, especially early on. Um, and but that's what, that was a state salad that we're in. If you, go back a year, Tino de Rimento played every game and then eventually broke down as well. So I think now he's back to full fitness. Lavi is coming back into his own towards the end of the season. Um, I think if he has, a, he has a good rest under his belt, uh, obviously, just throughout this summer. But then next year, I think whoever takes him will be very careful with the sports science team about building his games up and they'll say, right... 20 to 30 games, and then you can continue to build and build because you know it's really important, especially for a midfielder like him who will dominate games, uh, to not burn them out straight away. Uh, but I don't think I can't see that being the case.
0: Well, what's been sort of said about his mentality? Because I mean, for what I, I remember reading, I think a while back, um, I, I think it might have actually have been a piece that you wrote for the Athletic, uh, sort of looking, exploring um what sort of prime management, say, and elect as a have been saying about his development and I mm. think obviously we know Pep Guardiou is such a, a massive fan of the player I, I think it's been mainly sort of positive Um but you know mm. what, what's his mentality like and what has, ha, have you seen many much in the way of development in that area um, yeah. since his move to Southampton
1: it's funny because in, in that piece that you mentioned, is, um, I think it's a former Anderlecht Academy coach and he can never read him. Uh, he was very difficult to read. He, he'd, be a, he'd, be, he'd be quite a quiet guy. He'd be very friendly. He'd get on with everyone. He could speak two or three languages. Um, but it was difficult to read. You never knew what he's thinking. So it was a little bit of a surprise when he decided to leave for City. But at the same time, then, he went He went to City just on, before COVID, COVID, the lockdown period. And everyone at Anderlecht thought, oh, OK, he's going to struggle. But he thrived. And I think that shows that he's got this inherent confidence about him. But at the same time, even when there's so much talk about him, you know, enamor, um, Last season, there was a lot of young players that rubbed up the older, the rubbed the senior players up the wrong way at St Mary's. Uh, they would have to be split into two change rooms, and I think it's notable that Lavia was one of those players that senior players said would be always asking for advice, very conscious learner, and he would take things on board. He didn't think he had he had already done it all, or, or, or uh, decided to relax because he thought he made it. Uh, unlike, and that can't be be said about all the other young players at Southampton. So, yeah, I think he's a really conscious winning worker who, who takes himself very seriously and I don't think even if he goes to Liverpool or a club with the bright lights he's going to get too carried away.
0: Um one thing I think that stands out for me for, again from a Liverpool perspective, I think um if you look at sort of the, the, the targets that we've been linked with, Turan, uh, Gravenbach, um all very much ex- to a certain degree exceeding six foot. Um I think the two names i this are there both six foot three, I think barring a certain exceptions, like um Gabriel Vega, I think just makes the six foot mark. Um Lavia, unless I'm mistaken, I think he's under just under six foot, about five eleven. Um I, I I think the, th- the thing that sort of concerns me about the links after having bought McAllister for thirty-five million, and McAllister's about five-nine. I- ideally, I think Liverpool seem to be looking for that kind of profile midfielder that is not only sort of technically um, proficient but also, you know, f- f- physically dominant. Um, do you, can you see sort of um, Lavia's height standing against him in that regard? Or is he one of those players? Because you have examples. I mean, we had. Gini Wijnaldum, who was under six foot, but absolutely made up with his, you know, his possession. He was extremely hard to knock off the ball. Mm. Uh, Do you see any issues in that regard, or do you think he he does make up for it?
1: He can still grow. He's got a few (laughs) few years left, but um, I think the the. I think the plan is for him to get bigger, to get bigger, stronger, but you know, physicality has never been an issue for him. As I said, he, under Sellers, he became more robust. But at the same time, he's, he's there's a reason why he slams him as the only player that can receive under pressure, because he's extremely press resistant. He uses his body well. He shields it very well. So, although you know he's still growing into his frame, he, he manages to compete very well. And if that wasn't the case, he would have just hit the ground running like he did, um, and he's very strong in it. So, I think if he did go to Liverpool, one of the uh, advantages for his own development would be Jurgen Klopp in terms of how he how he grows players physically and makes them more robust, more athletic, and I think that will help him to become even better, more well-rounded midfielder. But yeah, it won't be an issue because you know he's he's got a good stature on him, a good frame on him, and he knows how to use his body very well.
0: I mean, ultimately, I think. It, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you're very confident that were he to leave Southampton uh, this summer, he would be ready for a move to a top four club um, I suppose the next question really my last question to you um, is to, to what extent do you feel he would be ready to slot into the first 11 or do you feel there would be I mean I imagine there would be a learning curve he's still 19 of course he'd be coming into yeah. a completely new environment um, but do you get the impression he'd be one of those players that would really take to the challenge immediately and would sort of Work his way into a first 11 reasonably quickly, or and we've had previous signings that have taken potentially half a season. I think Andy yeah. Robertson and Fabinho are both sort of famous cases in that regard, mm. um, but obviously, even then, they were sort of well into their sort of 20s, 23 24, uh, before they sort of started figuring into Klopp's first team plans. Mm,
1: I think, he, obviously, I think Liverpool would preach caution on on him in terms of slowly building him and integrating him into the first team, but I have no doubts that he would hit the ground running. I, I'd see him as if he were to go to Liverpool as, as starting at midfield regularly um, throughout the season, I think for me, if you look at the, the form and, and where they are in their career, I think he can easily uh, surpass Fabinho right now. I think he's more athletic, I think he's stronger, I think he's more fresh as well now. So I think wherever he goes, probably Barman City, which, why, which is why they let him go in the end reluctantly, I think he gets into a midfield in the Premier League. And I, I think those around him, it, even if it is coming, McAllister just ahead of him in that, one of those number eight positions, I think he can I think he can dovetail and suit really well. Because one of the things you've got to remember is that at Slampton, he played in the midfield too for a lot of time, which was overran, and it to cover a lot of ground. Right now, he's obviously going to be playing in a different formation, different style, and I think it will suit him even more. I think Liverpool, whatever top six club comes in for him, he, he will suit that more than he did at Slampton, and at Slampton, he was very, very impressive.
0: Well, I, I can certainly see now why uh, Liverpool have them on their shortlist. Uh, it's very, very exciting words there. You think you've thrown a bit of a spanner in the words to me. I was actually convinced it was going to be uh, someone like uh, Taram and so- but, uh, I But I think definitely everyone needs to keep a very, very close eye on uh, Lavia this summer, where he ends up. Uh, Liverpool. Arsenal, maybe Chelsea. Um, we'll have we'll have to see. I mean, Jacob, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um just before we we head off, do you want uh, to just share any upcoming projects you have, either personally or for the athletic?
1: Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, I'm the Slamson writer at, at the moment, and um, obviously between us. Uh, Uh, from the Liverpool side David Ornstein Slamster side will be keeping up to date on whatever happens with Romeo Leverett even if he doesn't go to Liverpool so yeah you can follow us uh, obviously at The Athletic and my own handle which is J underscore Tanswell as well so yeah appreciate you having me on
0: My absolute pleasure get following everyone and thank you again for watching another of the latest instalments of the Empire of the Cop the Cop podcast got there eventually I've been your host Feral Keeling and we've had The Athletics Jacob Tanswell. thanks for watching take care